The federal government is likely to block the Microsoft Activision merger, but that's not guaranteed. Plus, several statements from European investigations have come out, which are kind of entertaining. Tonight is November 27th, 2022, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say, uh, even if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore, what would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. That's right. You got here just in time on this uh, day after uh, the week weekend after the Thanksgiving holiday here in the U.S. in the middle of World Cup season. Um. I'm still Team USA on that. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwolf. If you're joining us live here on Sunday nights, uh, the Sunday night uh, here at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. We do tape this show live each and every Sunday night, almost. I'll get to that in just a second. At 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash VOG Network. And I say most of that, and I know S. Jonah Man, he's getting all prepared, saying, tis the season for Bobby to hit us with holiday music. Yes, because uh, when I, we stream on Twitch, I play a song from Overclock Remix before the show, and then at the midpoint of the show, you don't get to hear any of that on the podcast. Um, but uh, you're not going to have to deal with that as much this month. Uh, because uh, this show is going to be taking two straight weeks off right before the holidays. Um, I am taking a much-needed vacation, uh, thanks to everything that's gone on in my life, especially in the second half of this year. So I will be here next week, but then the following two weeks, we will not have a show. I will not be here for those two Sundays. Um, So, um, and I can't remember what days those actually are. Are I want to say it's like the 11th and the 19th of December. I will not be here. Uh, so I will not be back until, what is it, the 26th, which is the day after Christmas. That's when I'll be back. So you will only have to deal with holiday music twice. You'll get to hear it next week, and then you'll get to hear it the weekend the, right after Christmas. Uh, so... Um, yes. So I, I'm going to be gone, uh, for two straight Sundays, uh, also means I will not be here for the game awards. So we'll talk about that in just a second. So, uh, we are actually not going to be co-streaming the game awards because we, everybody has conflicts. Uh, but, uh, we'll talk about it in a second, but on the podcast feed, if you want to interact with us, really our discord server is the best way to do that. Vognetwork.com slash discord. You will be able to see, uh, updates, uh, and talk with people, over there without having to use any other social media. Uh, so you can join us there over at vognetwork.com slash discord. And that is uh, where uh, you'll get a lot of a uh, lot of good interaction on the weeks I'm not here. Orange Launch Radio will still be here on those weeks, I'm pretty sure. I'm not going to put words in their mouth, but I'm the one that's going on the vacation that uh, spans the two Sundays. Uh, so you'll still have Sunday night programming. Uh, so, um, you know. Uh, in, enjoy that and enjoy them. But thankfully, not much news really happens in December. Uh, but I will be back at the uh, on the 26th. 
So thank you so much. And everybody in chat is uh, people are saying that if uh, anybody deserves it, it's it's me. Thank you so much. It is a very well deserved break. I am very fortunate to be able to take one, uh, and uh, and and all that stuff. So thank you so much for that. I wanted to bring up a topic that we had talked about a little bit last week, which was the Game Awards. So uh, the Game Awards, uh, we had a call. Mike Deft called in last week, uh, com- basically saying he didn't agree with two of the nominations that were for the Game Awards. Now, the Game Awards are taking place on uh, the Thursday night uh, of, um, and I think it's the 7th, 6th? I'm getting, I, I don't have a calendar in front of me, so that's why I don't know what days there are, but it's on a Thursday night. Uh, and it, it's in two Thursdays from tonight and, uh, uh, we're not going to be co-streaming it cause I'm not going to be here. And, uh, Rob has another conflict. Uh, so you're going to have to watch it on your own or watch somebody else's co-stream. And, uh, as Jordan man says, not much news happens. Famous last words. Watch us get a big merger announcement. Well, well, you know, I'll be able to talk about it at, at the end, you know, um, just traditionally in December, not much happens, but anyway, the game awards is coming out and we had a call from Mike Deft. He did not agree with two of the nominees. And I did not have any um, any kind of information of what the actual criteria were. And I was asking asking Mike Deft, and, and he didn't know. Um, so, uh, and some people are saying, I'm just checking. Now I'm actually like, okay, now I need to look at the calendar um, regarding dates. Um, okay. So the following Sunday is actually December 25th, which is Christmas. I am still planning on being here on that night. Uh, I do all my family stuff on Christmas Eve uh, and Christmas morning. So Christmas night, I absolutely will be here. Uh, The Game Awards are December 8th, and that is a Thursday. So um, that is... So so there's the deal. So anyway, Mike Deft uh, did not agree with two of the nominations. And... Uh, I apologize for jumping around so much. So Mike Deft did not agree with two of the nominations. I said, what are the criteria? And he said, I I just don't agree with the nominations. So I looked up what the criteria were. So to recap, he there were two uh, two games that he disagreed. He said it was unfair for these games to be nominated in the Game Awards. And he asked me if I also felt it was unfair, and I did not have the... And I, I basically said it really depends on what their definition of these things are. So the first one is he did not agree that God of War Ragnarok should be nominated at all for this uh, for these Game Awards. Uh, he did not like that it was, it was nominated. It's, it came out too recently, and it shouldn't be nominated. So I checked what the cutoff date was for eligibility over at the Game Awards. They had a big FAQ. Uh, and what it says is games eligible for the Game Awards this year must be available for public consumption on or before no- Friday, November 18th, 2022 at 9 p.m. Pacific. Titles that are released after this date will be eligible for the Game Awards ceremony in 2023. Similarly, games that were released on or after November 20th, 2021 are first eligible for these game awards. So God of War Ragnarok came out on November 8th. So it came out 10 days before the uh, before the cutoff. Now, the other thing to note is that the fans do not vote on the game awards. At most, they can vote on like 10%. And the reason they only let the fans vote for 10% is because bots exist. And it is very easy to bot a poll uh, to make it seem like something won when it shouldn't have won. So uh, they, they, the jury, the people who actually select this, are uh, members of the media. 
And just like the movie industry will send out screeners for your consideration uh, to 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 people on the jury, and the Game Awards provides a list of outlets, media outlets, and other people that are on the jury for this, just like the Oscars and the Grammys and everything else does. Um, they can send their copies early so they can be in consideration. And God of War was sent early to many outlets for review, but also for adjudication. So the people that are actually voting on the Game Awards had more than enough time to adjudicate if it was a Game of the Year nominee before the cutoff of November 18th. So, and uh, the Breakman says uh, this is just being picky. Uh, another reason awards are stupid. Uh, but but realize this, God of War Ragnarok is not eligible for the 2023 Game Awards. Like, this is it. So either they were going to be in this year or not in at all. And I think that is, there are too many people that worked too many years on God of War Ragnarok to deprive them of being nominated for awards, which is something that is great for their resume for the game, you know, for the game developers as they are jumping jobs, being able to say, hey, I worked on something that won. I've got credits on this game that won the game awards, won one award. That's huge for them. We, as in the consumers, don't really care if something won the game awards. But I guarantee you employers of people who are working in the game industry do care about that experience. Because if you can bring in members uh, into your new studio of people who have experience working on titles that have been adjudicated to have won the Game Awards by this credential jury, then that is something that helps your studio. So it absolutely does matter to the people working on the games, which is probably the same as all the award shows. You don't care if something won an Oscar. But I guarantee you that future studios, when they're looking for cinematographers and special effects artists, absolutely do take the fact that they are winning an Oscar into account. Um, Tiger Claw says, hopefully members of uh, the jury are, are, are actually, they, they played and reviewed the said game. You'd hope. Um, you know, you would hope, but I mean, obviously you can't prove that. And Tiger Law says, God of War Ragnarok has been getting a lot of high praise, so it seems fair that it gets a nomination. And E3VL said Sony followed the rules. They wanted God of War to be this year. And the Breakman says, releasing your media so as close to the cutoff date is always going to be beneficial. Uh, so, so that's why God of War uh, Ragnarok was nominated. Now, the other game that Mike Deft had an, an issue with was... Sifu being in the best fighting game, and I and he said it's not a fighting game. It's it's so different from everything else. Uh, the Game Awards, they 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 screwed up on this, and there's no reason for this to be there. And I, so I found the official definition, the Game Awards definition of a fighting game. So really, what you should be mad at is not at Sifu, because frankly, under this definition, Sifu absolutely counts as a fighting game. You may want a more narrower definition of a fighting game than what the Game Awards can, uh, thinks it should be. So this is the actual definition of a fighting game. According to the Game Awards, it is for the best game designed primarily around hand-to-hand -hand combat. Head-to-head uh, -head combat. I actually read it as hand-to-hand -hand combat. It's primarily around head-to-head -head combat. I thought it said hand-to-hand, -hand, but it does say head-to-head. 
and Sifu does have head-to-head combat. It's just the the other head is uh is a pers- is an AI. So E3 Veil says two plus live players against each other. I wanted to kind of give the clarification because Mike Deft had called in and I was like, what's the criteria? And he said, I don't know. I just don't think that these fit. So it turns out it it does. Anyway, let's actually talk about some news because this stuff kind of happened. Uh, and and uh, this, this stuff happened this week. And uh, I want to talk about this because some of this is just entertaining now. Uh, so first, I'm gonna. This was a big clickbait article from from Kotaku with a clickbait headline. So let's talk about this first. We're going to talk about the merger. We're going to talk about the Microsoft Activision thing. Is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? I don't know. But Kotaku reports that Politico is reporting. I'm, I'm quoting Kotaku and not Politico. I know that according to three people with knowledge of the matter, uh, the Federal Trade Commission is likely. It's the key word. Likely to file an antitrust lawsuit to block Microsoft's $69 billion takeover of video game giant Activision Blizzard. The FTC, emboldened by their recent successes in stopping the merger of book publishers Penguin Random House and Simon & Schuster, have made no official announcement yet, and the Politico report says that a lawsuit challenging the deal is not guaranteed. So realize, because I've heard people say, oh, the, the feds just said no to Microsoft. No, they haven't. They might, but they might not. Steps are, however, being made to prepare an antitrust lawsuit with much of the heavy lifting already been done, like receiving depositions from the bosses of Microsoft, Satya Nadella, Activision Blizzard, Bobby Kotick. <clears throat> and because of this, it's said that if the agency does move ahead with the case, it could come as soon as next month. Any antitrust case would have a fairly clear goal. The FTC would be arguing that allowing a major platform holder to purchase Activision Blizzard, one of the world's largest third-party publisher, but not the biggest one, would give Microsoft an unfair advantage in the marketplace. Now, Activision spokesperson told Kotaku after this, quote, any suggestion that the transaction could lead to anti-competitive effects is completely absurd. This merger will benefit gamers and the U.S. gaming industry, especially as we face increasingly stiff competition from abroad. But we are committed to continuing to work cooperatively with regulators around the globe to allow the transaction to proceed, but won't hesitate to fight to defend the transaction if required. So it's interesting that what they're saying here is we're facing stiff competition from abroad. They're they're saying Tencent. They're saying they're saying Tencent. And I would contend that uh, an up and comer that you don't think about all that much is Embracer Group. They're based out of Sweden, I believe. Uh, Ten cents out of China. Those are your big competitions, and they're coming in and they're buying up U.S. game, uh, in game the game industry. They're buying up game developers as well. Uh, Gearbox is Embracer Group. Uh, Volition, which recently just uh, released Saints Row to not much fanfare, uh, they're uh, Embracer Group and actually are being rolled into Gearbox. Um, so that's who Microsoft and Activision, that's who they're fearful of. They're trying to be a U.S. public, U.S.-based publisher that can fight off the publishers from around the globe. So that is what the federal government here in the U.S. might do. Now, there are investigations going around elsewhere, some other places uh, around the world, 
uh, like in Europe. And what's interesting is that in order to do these investigations, they have to regulators have to ha- take statements from the companies and then the regulators make them available to the public because that's just how it works. Um, you know, and so when you hear these, realize that this isn't the uh, this is not these companies speaking to their investors. These are not the companies speaking to the fans. These are not spe- uh, uh, these companies speaking to consumers. They're not trying to wage a media war. These are legally required release of statements from the uh, UK uh, Competitive and Markets Authority. And so that's where I'm going to be pulling some of these uh, out as well. So uh, Windows Central reports that as Microsoft and Sony continue putting forward legal arguments around the future of Activision Blizzard, new angles and amusing anecdotes abound for both uh, companies. So the Competition and Makers Authority, CMA in the UK, is examining the deal for Microsoft to acquire Activision Blizzard. And as part of the phase two investigation, the regulator published statements from Microsoft and Sony. These findings, which were originally submitted back in October, but are just now becoming public, outline the arguments from both companies. So one thing I I just want to reiterate, this is not Microsoft putting out statements in the press. This is not Sony putting out statements in the press. This is not them talking to investors. This is them giving statements to regulators, and the regulators are required by law to release those to the public. So... Because some people are like, why, why won't Microsoft just shut up about this? No, this is like literally part of the process. As part of the argument, Sony puts forward the idea that after acquiring Activision Blizzard, quote, Microsoft would be able to increase console and game prices for Xbox users, including those that had switched from PlayStation, and increase the price of Game Pass and reduce innovation and quality, unquote. So I do want to mention that Sony... Um, increased the price of the PS5 in many markets, not in the U.S. They increased the game prices this generation to $70, their first-party stuff. Uh, they increased the price of PlayStation Plus and made new tiers. So in other words, Sony's like, you know, if, if you let Microsoft buy Activision Blizzard, they might do what we do. And we can't, we already do all that. So Sony Sony raised the price of the PS5, claiming high inflation rates around the world. Uh, Microsoft also said that it would not be raising the price of the Xbox Series X and S in a similar fashion. Sony also is one of the first publishers to raise the price of its premium games to $70 alongside others such as Activision Blizzard, Take-Two Interactive, and Electronic Arts. Uh, more recently, Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer indicated the company may not be able to keep the price of games, Xbox Game Pass, and new consoles the same forever, but that it was important to do so for at least the 2022 holiday period. So Microsoft has been on state, uh, has come out and said, you know what, we may have to raise the price of things, but we're not going to this holiday season. Please buy an Xbox. Elsewhere in the uh, documents, Microsoft again reiterates in numerous ways that it has no intention of pulling Call of Duty from PlayStation. Microsoft points out that it has honored past agreements, like when requiring Bethesda Softworks parent company ZeniMax Media, which saw Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo release as time PS5 console exclusives. Microsoft also pointed out that no games from Bethesda Softworks have been pulled from PlayStation since the acquisition was conclu- completed. Um, and so... What Sony is actually worried about is they're worried that Call of Duty, future Call of Duties, not the current ones, future Call of Duties will not appear on PlayStation consoles. It's going to be exclusive to Microsoft because that's exactly what Sony would do in this situation. And in fact, Sony does make deals with companies and says you cannot release this on Xbox or you cannot release this on Xbox Game Pass. So those are games like Final Fantasy 16. 
um, you know, for the longest time persona. Um, and, and there are other agreements that you cannot release this on Xbox Game Pass. Uh, or or on Microsoft in general. And so Sony does this, and they're worried that Microsoft's going to do this. They're worried that Microsoft's going to do this in five years with the, because it's a yearly installment. And and I will tell you exactly what Sony's art response is when you give the, well, Sony has a bunch of exclusives, right? And I will tell you what Sony's response is. So the, the argument that you would make against Sony is, well, Sony has the Spider-Man license and they withhold Spider-Man from Microsoft. So like when Marvel's Avengers was on Xbox, you couldn't get the Spider-Man costume. That was exclusive to PS4. Uh, they have God of War. They've got uh, Ghost of Tsushima. They've got Uncharted. They've got Last of Us. And all these they are withholding from Microsoft. And so Microsoft withholding Call of Duty uh, should be the same thing. And what Sony will tell you is that none of those games are the number one seller in the in the world, in, in the industry. I guess in the country, because I think FIFA outsells Call of Duty. But anyway, God of War does not outsell Call of Duty. Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima does not outsell Call of Duty. Call of Duty is regularly number one and sometimes even number two on the, the, on the sales charts. And Sony says that is why this is different. Sony is not withholding the top game seller of the, in the world or in the country from Microsoft. They're withholding these other titles that are further down on the list. Questbuster says, it's honestly not much of a surprise given that Lena Khan, who is the head of the FTC, is something of an antitrust hawk. It was only last year the FTC sued to block NVIDIA's merger with ARM, ultimately killing the $40 billion deal. They also killed the, uh, the, the Random House and Simon & Schuster book deal. Uh, so they've been doing that. And as Sharon Amant says, even if they block the merger, there's still an opening to get them to get, for them to get it done. So it's not an antitrust issue like Microsoft selling off assets or splitting off its Xbox division to form the main company to make it legally fair. Uh, and the Breakman says, I long for a day when we no longer have console exclusivity. Uh, so that's the first part that I thought was interesting because Sony's like, we don't want Microsoft to do what we do. And Microsoft's currently not in the position to be able to do what Sony does. And Sony wants to make sure that Microsoft does not do that. Now, Microsoft had a response to this. And this was what was interesting. Eurogamer reports that uh, Microsoft has admitted that Sony has more exclusive games that are better quality than its own. The statement came in documents uh, pertaining to the, act, uh, the, the, the acquisition. So these are in the same batch of documents. In Microsoft's response to the CMA's issue statement, it claims the proposed merger is pro-competitive due to Sony's standing as the dominant platform holder. So the response says, quote, in addition to being the dominant console provider, Sony is also a powerful game publisher. Sony is roughly equivalent in size to Activision and nearly double the size of Microsoft's game publishing business, unquote. And Sony's exclusive first party franchises, including God of War, The Last of Us and the recently acquired Destiny 2 are described as iconic. Um and Xbox says, quote, there were over 280 exclusive first and third party titles on PlayStation in 2021, nearly five times as many as Xbox, unquote. Uh, later in the document to prove the merger would have no anti-competitive effect, Microsoft states that, quote, Sony has more exclusive games than Microsoft, many of which are better quality. Both Sony's and Nintendo's exclusive first party games rank among the best selling in Europe and worldwide. Current Sony exclusive content includes prominent first-party titles such as The Last of Us, Ghost of Tsushima, God of War, and Spider-Man, unquote. 
what Microsoft is basically saying is we suck compared to Sony and Nintendo. Like, look look at us and look at them. And it's like, my, we, we suck compared to them. It also suggests that Sony has entered into arrangements with third-party publishers which require the exclusion of Xbox from the set of platforms these publishers can distribute their game on. This includes Final Fantasy VII Remake, Bloodborne, Final Fantasy XVI, and the Silent Hill 2 Remake as examples. It's also claimed that console exclusives account for a higher percentage of global game sales for PlayStation than for Xbox, though specific figures have been removed. It's uh, suggested for Nintendo these proportions would be even higher due to the importance of Nintendo's exclusive first-party portfolio. Um, the document says, quote, It is implausible that Sony, the leading console with more, more than a two-to-one lead, would be foreclosed as a result of not having access to a single franchise, unquote. Basically, they're saying the PlayStation is not going to die if they no longer get Call of Duty. Because they have so much other stuff that people play on PlayStation. Microsoft additionally comments on Nintendo's exclusive games, claiming it offers a broader range of mature content than Xbox. Wait, what? I mean, I, they, they're, they're probably talking about Bayonetta 3, and that's it. But I'm pretty sure there's more first-party content that is rated M for mature than what Nintendo has as first-party. Like Bayonetta 3 and what else? Microsoft says, quote, the CMA, which is the governing body in Europe, has mischaracterized the Nintendo Switch as being predominantly for families. Such a characterization neglects the fact that more mature and adult games are available on the Switch and are actively marketed, including on Switch's YouTube channel. Nintendo's use of innovation should not detract from the fact that it is still offering a console experience that competes with Xbox and Sony and has been able to successfully do so without Call of Duty being on its platform, despite previous Nintendo consoles having Call of Duty consoles content unquote so they're saying look nintendo doesn't have call of duty they used to have call of duty but they don't have call of duty anymore and they're doing just fine as shared about says they're trying to pull a fast one on the committee thinking they won't look into this i'm sure they will but these are the statements uh breakman says there are hentai games on the switch with nudity that aren't available on microsoft or sony yeah there, there's a lot of interesting content in the like two to three to five dollar range on the nintendo switch eShop. if you go look there's a lot of stuff usually i see it in like the best deal section or in like the coming soon section and and there's a lot of lot of things Questbuster says this is like hearing a public official coming out at a debate and saying okay i'll be honest my opponent has a much better platform Fast forward 10 seconds if you don't want to hear about current stuff. We actually currently have a candidate right now that literally says, I'm not a smart man and I'm going to get killed in this debate. And currently he's he's probably going to get elected. Okay, back to video games. So, um, Breakman says uh, Nintendo just added the no nudity policy uh, because of all that. The games were already there that aren't going away, but they're going to allow any more, so they say. They're trying to be very indie friendly, and so that's why they're trying to let anybody. Because for the longest time, indies had such a hard time getting on Nintendo platforms. And Nintendo finally learned that, okay, maybe we need to relax the rules, and maybe they've relaxed them too much right now. So I thought that that was interesting that Microsoft's basically saying, look, we're, we're, we're nothing compared to Sony. Like, they're the big dogs. Like, if Sony was buying Activision Blizzard, then yeah... That would be an issue. Um, 
Now, I know some people will say, well, Sony doesn't buy studios like Microsoft is doing. No, they, they actually do buy studios. And, you know, like Naughty Dog was purchased and Somniac was purchased. Those were all independent studios until Sony bought them. And but people will say, well, but Sony nurtured them. And so it's OK. And no, that's that that doesn't matter. Sony's mad that Microsoft's playing by Sony's playbook, and, and Sony's the only one that's allowed to play by that playbook. So we're going to see. Uh, some places around the world have already approved the merger, uh, but you need um, regulatory bodies in all the areas to approve it. Uh, and so if the United States goes after it, uh, then we'll see how it shakes out, and we're going to see if Europe, go, if the UK goes after it as well. Uh, so, so, yeah, and uh, as Jaron Matt uh says li- posted a wikipedia link list of acquisitions by sony uh how many have there there sony has made 92 acquisitions and have taken stakes at 56 other companies the company has 83 divestitures since 1983 uh so this is sony um and uh and this is uh not just like now, these comp- companies are not just game companies, although there are plenty of uh, video game companies in here, uh, But uh, because Sony does more than just video games. But let me see if I can find, like, video game. Yeah, so there's... Uh, it's not it's not 80-something in video games, but it's, it, it's, pretty, it's pretty large. These are all the game, game companies. Psygnosis, Ben Studio, Naughty Dog, Incognito Entertainment, Guerrilla Games, Zipper Interactive, Sigil Games Online, Evolution Studios, Big Big Studios, Media Molecule, Sucker Punch, Audio Kinetic, Insomniac Games, Harma- Housemark, Nix's Software, Fire Sprite, Fabrique Games, Bluepoint Games, Valkyrie Entertainment, Les Angle, which is a gaming division of uh, Delightworks, Haven Studios, Bungie, and Savage Game Studios. Those are all video game studios that Sony has purchased. And Bregman says there are some get- damn good names on that list. There, Yes, there absolutely are. Um, so, you know, Sony does this too. It's just they don't, they don't want Microsoft to do this on a large scale. Questbuster says Sony also has their China Hero project that helps support games from China, fostering relationships that led to things like Genshin Impact for the PS4 and mysteriously missing on Xbox platforms. And but the Xbox is uh, doing okay, even if they don't have Genshin Impact. That one franchise is not foreclosing the Xbox, but for some reason, Call of Duty—if Call of Duty is not on a console—it totally is going to bomb. Just like the Nintendo Switch. Right? Am I right? Anyway, we are going to take a quick music break. And uh, if you want to call in, uh, you can do so over on our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. Join the Green Room voice chat channel. uh, And we can talk about whatever you want to talk about in the gaming industry. Uh, Or if not, I can just talk about some games. And and we'll, we'll, we'll just, you know kind of kind of banter with chat because that's all I had prepared and I actually finished at, at a reasonable time tonight. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show here in the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vognetwork. You're listening to the Bobby Blackwell Show. Woohoo! It's a number one. I thought Chatterbox Video Game Radio was number one. <laughs> 
I'm number one. The heck with everybody else. <laughs> You're listening to the great radio show. Now have a rotten day. <laughs> Hey, that's also something that Sony doesn't have, and they haven't been foreclosed on with that. That was uh, Charles Martinet back in 2006. Chatterbox Video Game Radio, uh, it ended. Uh, Alon, uh, he, he's, he's still around, but he, he gave up the radio thing, the podcast. It, it did not survive. It, it's, a, it was a, it's a podcast that started before I was around. Uh, Chatterbox Video Game Radio was one of the early podcasts, and in fact, it was actually on radio. It was the only video game show on AM radio. Uh, for for many many years, and then it turned into just an audio only podcast. And then uh, Alon, who was the person there, uh, went on to do other things. Uh, but uh, but no, it was it was cool. And and essentially how the that worked, how Chatterbox worked is uh, on AM radio stations, and I think you can still do this today. You can pay to have a show on your local radio station, and it'll be you know X amount per hour. Uh, and, and it would, you know, usually be like at really weird times at the night because it's when nothing else is on. And that's how the radio station makes money is somebody can pay for time. And a lot of people do that to, you know, as it's kind of like a public access type of feel. And that's what he did is he would go into an actual radio station in Arizona and be able to take calls. He was using their equipment uh, had a producer from them, and he and, and then he put it out as a podcast. But it was an honest, actual AM radio show that had to adhere to like commercial breaks and all that stuff, which he didn't put on the podcast. But that's how he did it. So if you want to leave a bumper, you do not have to be Charles Martinet. You also do not have to be withholding anything from Sony. Uh, all you got to do is contact me and send me an MP3 of just your voice. Uh, I will choose which DMCA violation I'll put behind it, uh, or a video with just your voice, uh, and we can also use that as well uh so i am going to be opening up the calls just in case see if there's anybody that wants to call in i'm going to look in the green room and i do not see anybody there so i'm going to talk about something that uh i got to that that i finally played and uh uh there it's we can go ahead and talk about 2023 games and i'm going to tell you the game i am looking forward to most is uh the game i don't know about yet however a very very close second is a game called Rhythm Quest. And this is by uh, DDR Kirby. So this is from DDR Kirby. He's an Overclock Remix contributor, so I've played his stuff here on the show a lot. But this is a two-button rhythm game where you can jump and and hit, jump and attack. There is a like 30-minute-long demo on Steam right now where you can try this. And I, I want this soundtrack today... Um, I, I don't want the soundtrack any 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 later. I want it now, and it's it's not out yet. But it's actually a really fun game, and it's really well paced. Uh, they introduce new mechanics, and they teach it to you really well. And so uh, I am very much looking forward to Rhythm Quest. Rob Roberts said, "Played this demo; it's legit." I have been following it, but I didn't realize the demo came out in like October. Uh, so the demo is out on Steam right now. It is one person doing everything, graphics, art, sound, and music. I mean, he's a musician, chiptune musician already. Um, and, uh, and and I really enjoyed this, and I, I, I had a smile on my face the whole time. And uh, Dark Tosia says, definitely on my radar. Yes, mine too. And I did say, see somebody say, oh, hopefully it comes to Switch. I'm going to tell you, uh, it's not going to come to Switch immediately, because he's just one person. And... Um, 
So rhythmquestgame.com is uh, where you can uh, find out more about it, or you can just wishlist it on Steam over at Rhythm Quest. Uh, so it's not going to come out on Switch at, at launch because, uh, thankfully, he's not doing any Kickstarter. So there's there's no... Uh, and he has no publisher. He's self-publishing this on Steam. He paid the $100 to get listed on Steam, and that's all you got to do. Um, so I would not expect a Switch port at, far, at start. Uh, maybe if enough people buy it on Steam, he will be able to afford to do a Switch port. Uh, he It is made in Unity because I saw the Unity logo in there. Uh, so So obviously, you know... It can compile to Switch, but there's a lot of money that's involved in getting into Switch and having proper QA and going through console certification, things things like that. Uh, E3 Vale says, reminds me of Meat Boy Forever. Yeah, the, the, the art style is, you know, reminiscent of a lot of those pixel games. Uh, he's actually uh, said it was Celeste. If you look, if you if you read stuff about it, it's really like supposed to be in the style of Celeste, the art style. Uh, that's what's really, uh, really inspired him on this. But uh the, uh, the the music is amazing in it, at least for me. I'm 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 a sucker for good you know upbeat chiptune type stuff. Uh, and but the gameplay actually was very was really good and it was really timed really well. I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, the Breakman says I would suck at this game. No, I, I don't because I'm I don't suck at this game, and we all know that Breakman is a better gamer than I am. And Mike Dev says buy it on PC, everyone, so I can buy it on Switch later on. I will say you're not you don't need a beefy computer to play this. So so you can you can you can try that and it just uses two keys on on the keyboard. Podculture says uh I miss Flappy Vogue. Uh you are the only one. I still have the code. I could try to recompile it somewhere else, but I don't I, I don't know if I want to go through all that because the the version of Unity has changed and so I don't know how well it's going to translate and also I'm not exactly sure I have the rights to use all the people that were in it because uh, Flappy Vogue, for those who have not, who are not here uh, many, many years ago, we did a, um, uh, we, we, I, I basically was like, I'm going to make a game. And what I did is I made it as a promotional thing for the Vogue network. So I had all the other podcasters back when we had, you know, 10 or 12 or 13 podcasts on the network, which we don't need more. And I had them record lines making fun of you while you're playing Flappy Bird. I basically made a Flappy Bird clone uh, because everybody was making Flappy Bird clones. And I said, I can make a Flappy Bird clone. I will do it. Um, so, um, uh, so, so I made it and I put it up on the website. And so it was over at vognetwork.com using the Unity web player, which is no longer... Uh, it, it's It's been... You can't access it. It's kind of like Flash, even though it wasn't Flash. Uh, but browsers won't let you use it. Uh, the 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 uh, plugin it has vulnerabilities. It's harmful for your computer nowadays. People have figured out how to how to how to do that. Uh, and I never made a version that you can just open from the desktop. So because I never made a version that's open to the desktop, I would actually have to like get Unity and convert that game, which was made in like Unity four back in like 2016. Which means it's not going to open correctly. Like there's going to be so much stuff that's changed, uh, just to get it to compile into a binary. And and also I made it at a weird resolution, so it would look weird uh, because I made it to fit. I made it as a web game, um, so that's why uh, you don't have that. That's why there's no version of Flappy Bog that exists today, because really you do, it's 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 a weird version of Flappy Bird. That's all it is. It's, it's a not even a very good version of Flappy Bird, but it had a lot of funny quotes in it. Coming up next here on the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vognetwork is Orange Lounge Radio. 
three people out in Sacramento, uh, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do. And we like to check in with them and see what is going on with them. And uh, so uh, once Discord connects us, we will see how how they're doing and what they're going to be talking about tonight. I'm calling a little bit earlier than I usually do uh, because... Um, because uh, I, I I started uh, I I got through everything I actually like did everything on time instead of being five minutes late like I usually am Sacramento are you there I am here Bobby how are you I I am doing well I'm I'm on time everything like you know I'm 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 we you might actually start on time tonight I don't well, know it is it is a bit of a slower news yes. week you know most people had two days off uh, mm-hmm. at least you know I know it's yeah. a very American centric holiday right. but uh, you know many of the companies based here mm-hmm. uh, did not do anything this week as a result right. so it's understandable yeah. I was I was going to say you know Flappy Vog may no longer be available but if you need a good Vog in joke as a holiday gift for all of your friends mm-hmm. I mean all of them I will point out Pixel Poops 2 is still available at itch.io from yeah. Techmaster Games. Yes. Uh, and the original, the OG Pixel Poops, is free to download on Steam, and you can yes. support YYR, our pal over there, as well. And while you're supporting YYR, you should check out Super Multitasking. Yes. See, there's there's plenty of games plenty of still available. Yes. And and there are other YYR games that have made it to Xbox, because I know uh, yeah. Falling Plus is on Xbox, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so you can, get, you can get those games there. So there, there are plenty of in-jokes, in it's just not the one that I made. Yeah, no, it's sadly not the one you made, but you do make a good point is that you have a lot of hosts in that game who technically are no longer affiliated with the network. And while I'm pretty sure all of them, if you ask nicely, would be like, sure, why not? I I understand that sometimes the juice ain't worth the squeeze. Yeah. Now, the other game I made for the Game Jam, that is still available and you can download that. And there's even a Mac version and I even made a VR version for whatever reason. Uh, I don't even know if that one still works or not, but there's a VR version of it, too, of like uh, you're like a moon lander and, you know, or a moon buggy because the theme was Mm -hmm. a buggy game and it was a moon buggy and you're basically jumping. It's kind of like um, what's that motorcycle game that that was really hard. Excite bike. No, the 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 uh, the one that's that it was a Microsoft one uh, trials. Oh, yeah. Trials. It it was a little reminiscent of trials, Uh, just not as hard because I could beat it. Because I had to make it so I could win. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was good. I was and I was, you know, I was looking around Steam and there's some game making software that's on sale right now because mm-hmm. of all the uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Yep. You know, pretty much they they set the sales on Wednesday before they leave the office uh, yep. to run through the day they get back. Um, so, you know, if you're itching to make a game, there's a lot of good entry yeah. level stuff out there. So um, these look like I was one of them in particular that caught my eyes click team just because I know that's the one that like Five Nights was made in. And we've all seen, you know, it yep. became of that franchise. Mm-hmm. So there's some uh, pretty legit stuff out there. Of course, Unity is, you know, free as is um, uh, Unreal. The other yeah. major one. Unreal, Unreal. Thank you. So, you know, you, there's still plenty of ways to get your foot in the door. Uh, yeah. If making a game is something you want to do, if you want to make the next Vogue in-joke, yeah. go for it. I mean, an and RPG Maker is out there as well. I know that's not free, but RPG Maker is a good way. If you all you care about is making, you know, turn-based RPGs or even I think they mm-hmm. even allow some action stuff, uh, mm-hmm. that's a good way to do it if you don't want to have to learn, like, any coding. Yep. Uh, yeah. and, and also like, if you want to do adventure games, adventure game studio is free and that makes point and click adventure games that was made to, well, you, fun. you can make Sierra games and Lucas, Lucas art style games, uh, in that. So there, there's, there's a lot of options out there if you want to take the time to do it. And YouTube is a wonderful resource. You uh-huh. do not need to go to school for any of this. You do not need to necessarily take any paid classes. Uh, there are plenty of YouTube tutorials 
to learn but how to do it. There are plenty of people that'll sell you paid classes if there you, are. You, you let them know you're willing to buy. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, um, you know, I mean, Loki made a Nintendo game with one yep. of these free tools. And I think, well, yep. I think you, there, you, you can't, you do have to pay for it for some things, I think. Uh, yeah. But that there's essentially a, an NES maker. Yeah. And that's what he used. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you can put in there and you don't have to learn how to code, but it's better if you do learn assembly coding. And so there's and there's plenty of video tutorials on how to write assembly for 6502 chip processors, which is what the NES is. And don't so. forget the really cool thing about that whole process that Loki went through is that it actually runs on a legitimate NES cartridge. Yeah. Um, you know, he has to kind of load it himself, basically. Mm-hmm. But it, the the fact that it actually works is pretty cool. Yeah. Or, or if you have an EverDrive, because that's how I played it, is I, I've got yeah, an EverDrive, right. and I put it on there, and it worked great. And and so yeah. I sat on my CRT TV playing it the way it should be played. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. So, so yeah, so plenty of uh, in-jokes. You don't need my in-joke. Um, uh, but I think Brad wants it because his voice is in it. And so Oh, I yeah, think it was. It yeah. was, yeah. So I think that that's why. Like but, I said, if you ask nicely, you could probably get most of the voices to still be in I know. it. But is is the juice worth the squeeze? Yeah, I don't exactly. Think it is. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess um, you know what what else are you going to be uh, talking about on Orange Lounge Radio tonight? Because all I talked about was the merger and and you know how it might not work, and then how Microsoft mm-hmm. said we're not as good as the others. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about some of the the news that's been coming out of the merger because that whole thing has been very fascinating. We'll talk a lot about that as well. We'll talk also more about Pokemon. Uh, we're going to talk about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, uh, how they've become the fastest selling game in the Nintendo Switch history. So more than Breath of the Wild, more than, you know, Pokemon Sword and Shield, more than Mario Kart, you know, more than any game before it. You know, despite all the bugs and this talk in that department. Uh, Scarlet and Violet is the fastest selling in Nintendo's history for the Switch. Uh, that doesn't mean some people aren't asking for refunds because of the bugs, though. So we will talk uh, about that. Speaking of Pokemon, um, I uh, was not able to do this last week. Uh, I got into some of the reasons on the show. However, uh, this week I will finally be uh, talking about how I got to go to the Pokemon Company International headquarters by invite uh, up in the Seattle area. And I took some pictures and I'm going to show those uh, tonight, which I know doesn't make for a great podcast, but I promise I have some good stories to go with the pictures. So so did you go in there and say, I have a colleague that says this is hashtag dead game? I okay. absolutely did not okay, say good, that. Good. Um, I was going to say you act- shouldn't do that, but you know. It was a very, it was a, and actually uh, I went to play said dead game with uh, the, the employee uh, that's been a long time friend of mine for many years. Uh, there's a really lovely park. It's a, I call it circle park, which I know isn't the name, but it's just a mm-hmm. giant circle of, I say portals. Cause I grew up on Ingress, but it's portals and pokey stops. And it's a lot, it's a really cool little walking loop in the area. And we actually played the Teddy Ursa Pokemon community day down there, which was pretty okay. cool. And I got a four star Teddy Ursa. Nice. So, which is uh, a perfect IV for those that don't yeah. follow the game. So let let's, well, I want to talk about Pokemon real quick. Is yeah. that I think it's interesting, like Scarlet and Violet, you said, you know, setting records. I think it's Violet that's mm-hmm. setting the records because on my friends list, you are literally the only one that has Scarlet. Isn't that interesting? It's There's more differences between, well, I, when it comes to the exclusives, which are the big differences in the older games, there's it's pretty much the same thing. And there's actually, there's not a lot of, di- like, it's it's probably less than like 20 Pokemon that are exclusive to one versus the other. However... This generation is interesting because 
it also changes the academy and the story and the professor in the game is different there's and a lot of the um theming is scarlet versus violet you see a lot of purple the legendary who you actually see early on in the story as opposed to at the very end is different you either have a red pokemon that you ride on or a purple one there's a lot that's very different between scarlet and violet this time around which is kind of interesting but yes uh violet is future based and i can just speak to um you know when when i you know i'm no longer on twitter but this was up about a week and a half ago i was still there and i can tell you in the lead up to this game a large contingent of hashtag gay twitter was thirsting for that professor mm-hmm in violet now i'm sure all of your friends do not belong to that same organization however there are other reasons such as the future setting the purple Mm -hmm. maybe the version exclusives that that lend themselves to violet i knew that most of my friends were going to be getting violet for those reasons i already went over so i went with professor dino mommy Mm -hmm. uh in in pokemon scarlet and i i don't regret that choice at all because i like the exclusives in scarlet as well and it makes me popular and I still haven't picked it up. But what I did pick up on the Nintendo Switch, and this this is the last thing we'll talk about, and then I'll let you go prep, prep for yeah. your show. Uh, but yeah. I picked this up. It's not Pokemon or anything, and it's not on sale, so it's not a Black Friday sale. Atari 50. Which... Oh, yes. I'm so funny you bring this up. Uh, but yes, Atari 50. I really want to play this. It is It is fascinating, and they did it right. It's Digital Eclipse did it. But going through the timeline and you get the videos and it shows the timeline and you can look at all the box art and all the stuff. And then it's like, oh, and you can play the game right now. And, you know, and especially like some of their stuff, like their handhelds, like the Touch yeah. Me, which is their Simon clone. And if you get it on Switch, if you have it in handheld mode, you hit the R button, not the R, not the R trigger, but the R button. It will actually turn it sideways and you can just touch. So you can actually oh, play it cool. like as an actual handheld. They don't actually tell you that. But it's like if you accidentally hit the R button, you're like, oh, it switched to being in on the side. Um, but no, the way that it goes through the timeline and like the videos and the quotes and stuff, it's really well done. And then they also did some reimaginings like of Yar's Revenge. Yeah. They did they did a reimagine of it, and it's actually pretty good. Uh, the, the I wonder if that's the same one they're selling independently on the Steam store because there's another like I, I talked about it a, about a month ago on OLR mm-hmm. that there was a Yars uh, uh, reimagining. I don't know if it's the same one. I think it Atari is 50? because they're calling okay. it Atari Reimagined. They're calling all those okay. things, and they even made like the fourth game in the Sword Quest series as a oh, reimagined shoot. title. Uh, they made another. They made a game that is a cross. Like it's three games in one. It's like it's asteroids and then lunar lander and then something like and it's all in one and so it's so, a, i was just to say bobby we might have to research because the game was actually called yars recharged okay so it might actually be different so that's different yeah so this is the reimagined line is what they put in here so uh yeah because dark mm-hmm. to says i think the recharge line is different so but anyway it's it's a lot of fun it was 40 bucks um but there's 50 games in it and some of them are new and a lot of them are old but like it goes through they've got Lynx games they've got jaguars games there's they've got atari 800 and they talk about the difference between the 5200 and the 800 and why the 5200 failed and you know the 7800 and you know it's very much you know oh the ceo sucked and this this (laughs) sucked and you know one person saying uh, D- David Crane saying there was no pot smoking in the office, and then immediately cuts to Howard Scott Warshaw saying we smoked pot every day all day in the office, and it just it, it's 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 a lot of fun. So yes, Atari Fifty, which well, is a, 
available. I, 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 I've said plenty of times on OLR that it is no secret that E.T. was created in six weeks. Yeah. With the help of a very questionable substance yes. that we're not here to endorse on the Bobby mm-hmm. Blackwell show, family yes. friendly. However, it is a very open secret in the industry yeah. that many of those games were made under the influence of things we will not be talking about on the family friendly Bobby Blackwell show. But you can read between the lines. Yes. Yes, and they, but you can find it there, and that Atari 50 collection, it's on all the platforms. It's on PC, Switch. I got it on Switch for the portability, uh, but it's available on all those platforms, so pick that up. So, I, Orange on Radio. I, I just have to clarify, because that's what her Matt says in chat. They only did just pot, haha. That's the only one that it's okay to talk about that openly now, because it's legal in many parts of the U.S., yes. and we don't look at it the same way we did in the 70s. That's my read between the lines on that mm-hmm. answer, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> And I will say, it's interesting, Howard Scott Warshaw, his current profession, I learned, because he, he just mentions it in passing, he's a therapist now. Cause he actually, him, yeah, no, because he talks about, like, sometimes I tell my therapy patients, you know, and he, he references this stuff. So I thought that was actually interesting. That's, that's what he does now, because um, he never worked in games again after leaving Atari. Yes, you got it, Matt. Read between the lines. Mm. You got it. You got it. Orange Lounge Radio is up next. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks as always, Bobby. See you in a month? No, I'll be here next week. Oh, next week. And then then I'll be back. All right. Okay. (laughs) Bye. So thank you so much. Yes. Uh, So I will see you next week. I will be here Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash vlog network. I will not be here on the 11th or the 19th, the following two Sundays. So you're only going to get me then, and then I will be back. I will be here on the 25th, which I know is Christmas night, but I will still be here. Uh, OLR may not be here on the 25th, but you'll at least have me on the 25th, and we can talk about uh, how December went with you, uh, whether you celebrate the Christmas holiday or not. Uh, it is a, a, a we it is a, a holiday time for many different cultures around the world. Uh, so I hope you have a good December. But I will still see you next Sunday. So you still get to deal with me next week, and we will have a lot of fun. Uh, so thank you so much uh, for being here. You can also find uh, the, our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. I am also on many social media platforms as Bobby Blackwolf, uh, many of which people are on, many of which people are not on. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, you can follow me there, but really the Discord server is going to be the best part. And realize, uh, and if I don't get to tell you next week what I'm going to be doing, you can ch- keep keep checking the Games Done Quick uh, website to find out what games I'm going to be hosting. I still don't know, but I will be a host at Awesome Games Done Quick 2023 online, which is going to be the second week of January. Uh, and I'm going to be hosting uh, hosting some games over there. I just got backstage in the backstage Discord server that we're using, so things are uh, heating up there. And maybe by next week, I will know which ga- uh, what games I'm going to be hosting. Uh, but I will definitely be able to tell you on the 25th when I will be on the air. There is a Yakuza game on the schedule, so we'll see if I'm doing that or not. Uh, it's going to be done by somebody else who I don't know yet, uh, but maybe I'll be able to do it then. So I'm looking forward to that. The final schedule is out. It's just they don't have the host names uh, on there yet. I did check because sometimes they release them. Uh, I'm going to see if they release them in the last hour. I don't think they did, but I'm just going to check real quick. See if the host names. Nope, host names are not on. But they did add the uh, late submissions. So the games that came out later, uh, they added some of those. But no Pokemon game, no Pokemon Scarlet. Or there is Pokemon, but not Scarlet and Violet. They they need to work on that speed run a little bit. So probably SGDQ is when you'll see Scarlet and Violet on Games Done Quick. But anyway, 
Uh, if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone the show is not for everybody. But it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet. But we would not be able to make the live show work without the help of the chatters who uh, go above and beyond. Uh, which we, we we don't really ask for, uh, but is very much appreciated. It does help us uh, pay the bills for the for the LLC that we have that basically protects the assets and all that stuff. Uh, so thank you so much, Paleonimea, who resubscribed, and Loki, who resubscribed. Thank you so much for resubscribing and uh, and helping us along. But you being here is really the best. That is really what I love. Uh, having you here uh, on the live stream as well as on the podcast feed. Thank you so much. I'm gonna hit the button. So I can stop talking. There we go. Um, so, yeah. So uh, I will see you next week, and then I will be gone for two weeks. But next week, we're going to have some fun. We're going to be here, twitch.tv slash Fog Network. I'll see you then. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom, although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.